Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're at the Comic Nicole Majdali. Nicole Majdali, how the hell are you? Hi, Brian. Yeah, thank you so much for for coming on. I follow you everywhere. You're pretty fu- pretty funny, Nick. <laughs> on Twitter, of course, where you have a huge following, but you're also um, pretty funny, Nicole. Not only on Instagram, but pretty funny, Nicole.com. Yeah, I even I finally joined the link tree. So just ah. pretty funny to call on link tree easier. Yes. yes. Oh, the link tree. Check out the link tree. And you have a podcast coming out, which couldn't be more interesting. Yeah, I'm excited. I just it just happened this year. I was homesick with COVID. And you know, there was a funny meme someone shared. I shared it and uh, I was about this guy being the only guy left without a podcast. And somebody said, What about you? <laughs> That you know, so yeah, it all just came to my brain while sitting at home on the couch sick this year. Oh my gosh. And so it's called Pretty Funny Nicole Presents What Pretty Fascinating People. What's it called? Pretty Amazing People. Yes, yes. And kind of you're highlighting what's amazing about them, but you're you're kind of choosing them based on them having kind of a real a story met, you know, kind of something that's happened to them or something they survived that has been secret to most people till now, till they come and kind of entrust you to speak uh intelligently about it correct yeah yeah it's uh I I just was decided people that um inspire me fascinate me and intrigue me some of them I know some of them I want to know more like my first person I'm talking to tomorrow um I met and we had one thing in common that I was excited to chit chat about then I find out we have another huge thing in common and then last minute as we're getting ready for our meeting, he sends me this story that, I mean, I just had tears pouring out of my eyes. So it was like, everybody's got these amazing stories. So, so, I, so I might touch on kind of bigger issues and I don't want to spoil it for you, uh, for, for the people, mm-hmm. but can they expect kind of, um, I don't know, deep dives on things like addiction or abuse? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, I'm trying to, get everything there'll be con- comedians there'll be entertainment industry because it's such a fa- it's just everything if from my life and my world that I've experienced and um, also relate to or I'm passionate about charity some people with their the charity organizations fascinating stories I do comedy at the midnight mission so there's and there's just amazing stories all around us oh cool and can for people not from LA tell me about the midnight mission Oh, the oh, thanks. Uh, the Midnight Mission is, as you've heard, is Skid Row, where it's just homeless. It's downtown Los Angeles, and they just do amazing work there. And I actually have friends that have been through their recovery program. So yeah, they're helping people, and just there's a lot of homeless, and yeah, it's just. So you do, do, do you, you do your comedy there in addition to helping in other ways? We um. I'm sober and this 2022 will be 10 years. And congratulations. That's a hard, that's kind of a minimum. You know, I got friends who are, you know, in the program and working the program. The only, the program only works if you work it and they've kind of through their own hard work and the grace of God or their higher power, they've, uh, they've kind of saved their own lives, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I know. And, uh, I, I, I did alone, but (laughs) 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 my friends are all in the program. Um, but, I, uh, yeah, so 
they are, they do work the program. So I hear a lot about, but it's just to hold people's hands. And I tell jokes, like I was, I remember my, one of my first times, I was like, can I do my jokes on cocaine? I was like nervous. And turns out they're a great audience. (laughs) (laughs) They love, they know it. They laughed. I mean, it was so much fun. I mean, and I point out, you know, inspiration. I look at me now and, um, and they'll, they'll come up and be like, are you really sober? Did you really, you know, go through that? And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's one day at a time. And give them hope, you know, uh, that, that is so cool. you like, and I think that's something that the program has. And of course you're, you're doing it yourself, but you know, it's, you have to kind of give back and, and fill your time up with healthy things, you know, to replace those unhealthy habits. Yeah. Actually, when I did my, I had a short film, pretty funny, Nicole, the film Nicole. <laughs> stick to brand, you know, I love that pretty funny, Nicole, the film that is so cool. Pretty. pretty and it'll be like pretty funny, Amazon. Nicole, the musical, like if you can sing. <laughs> there you go. Oh my God. Thank you. Um, yeah. I, was that about? The podcast. I was like, every name is taken yes. by now. I'm so late to the game. So I was just like, I'm just gonna, I don't want a new webpage. I don't want this. I'm just gonna keep it on all my stuff. So it's pretty funny. Nicole presents. Okay. And what's um, the, yeah. What is pretty funny. Nicole, the film about kind of, it, it kind of did it explore, you know, big funny things that have happened to you or just you in general as a personality. It's based on a book that I've been working on for 10 years now. Called Pretty yet. Funny Nicole the Book. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't like to say the name because by the time I ever, if I ever finish it, I don't want somebody else to take it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be taken because it's not Pretty Funny Nicole. <laughs> I, might, I might end up calling it that. <laughs> you based it on the book and the book is generally about. Um. I just, things in my life, it's to inspire people. When people hear my story, they think of me as a happy-go-lucky person. And then when they hear my story, it's just, I like to share that you can get through things. And um, the short film, I know it looks like it's a comedy and people came out crying. It it was actually a Me Me Too film before Me Too came out. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's amazing. So you kind of shared that story so people know that they can get through it. And they're crying. I love that. Presented as a comedy and they're crying by the end. You You should be ashamed of yourself transforming people let me tell you well it won best comedy in hollywood <gasps> film festival so i'm like hollywood has a pretty dark sense of humor if that's comedy. that is you the takeaway those hollywood people are some dark <laughs> motherfuckers they're making uh, robot movies but they don't want to be let me tell you that's comedy huh <laughs> but yes i mean as far as uh you know one of the healthy habits that you kind of replace unhealthy habits with, or I mean, I suppose it's an addiction, which is worse than habit, of course. Um, but is one of those things Taekwondo and kind of lead me through your journey from, uh, from just, I don't know, su- suffering through things and finding Taekwondo as a potential outlet for healthy uh, behavior um, or conduct. Yeah. I, Oh, I wish every kid, I wish it was, you know, like introduced out, you know, in schools and stuff because it's yeah. so, it's yeah it's wonderful it just I go oh my god this is amazing because I didn't have this as a child um it gives you goals you know because you want to get to your belts they make you do they teach you respect you know everything is sir and um I don't know if we're allowed to anymore but (laughs) so it's like respect there's a lot of respect and um discipline and self-defense. And I got to say, I started walking different when you start knowing that you can defend yourself too, that'll change you. Really? Mm -hmm. Just you start walking with your head up and your chest out or what? 
Okay. Okay. You've been a shrinking yeah. violet before where you're kind of uh, just kind of shriveled shell of how you're walking now. It's just different. I don't know. Just it, there is, it, it does give you a self-confidence, which I, that's why I say, I wish even all kids could take it because, yeah. and the studio that was my dojo was uh, in Michigan and I still visit and I go all the time. It, it was just super fun. We laughed and it was a big family. So a whole healthy group of people. And I, and I guess I was thinking that's a great idea to start younger because then you're like, all right, these kids are being bullied. At least people will know, yeah, if you bully me, I'm probably going to defend myself. But then you think about everybody knows this shit and they want to show it off. And then you're left with a wonderful series like Cobra Kai mm-hmm. where everybody's oh beating, beating the crap out of each other and just very advanced karate techniques. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny how they make, I live in the Valley and they make the Valley look so tough. (laughs) I don't want to be the only person who doesn't know karate in the Valley, man. Yeah. So tell me about their, their kind of tough, uh, you know, representation of the Valley and what it's actually like. Well, like in the, in the show where they're making it, where um, these kids are beating each other up everywhere. It's so funny. It's, I love it. I mean, I'm in love. My mom's watching it right now because I go, I'm going to, I'm going to pause Netflix for a while. I'm on a reading binge, but so I'm like, watch it all. Yes. <laughs> Even my mom loves it. And uh, it's just, it's just great. But, but probably but the they, biggest character closest to the Valley would be the, Lu, the, the LaRusso son who is just on his iPad all day. Right. He's just like a typical teenager. So like, you don't see a lot of tough teenagers running around and, and being active with karate. You just see just normal teenagers, right? They out here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. But um, they posted on Twitter. They, there was somebody had a sign. I think it was a Netflix, you know, something like stay out of the Valley unless you know karate. And I posted on that post. There's a picture of me doing like a high kick, breaking a board. I'm like, that's right. I live in the Valley. Yes. <laughs> you just reinforce the impression that everybody's a badass that's in the right. Valley. I love it. But then, I yeah, so trying I mean, to get cast. <laughs> like, you know me, you've seen my award-winning film, haven't you? You know about pretty funny Nicole, the film you should cast me. <laughs> that's right. So yeah, yeah tell me about martial ta- arts. Yeah, like Taekwondo and how it differs from other things. And like, is there anything that you take from Taekwondo and apply it to the stage? You know, I mean, is, is there a respect there? Is there a discipline there? Is there a confidence there that you need to be able to connect successfully and be able to manage crowd reaction throughout your set? I feel like I started them both the same year, actually, <gasps> which was also 10 years ago. I think I started on both before I even quit drinking. Right, same year, all the same year, all happened in the same year. So So that's what you filled up your time with. But I I suppose it's a difficult environment to get sober in because there aren't a lot of you know comedy shows and bars. Well, one of my dear friends, uh, she was um, a long time dear friend. She was like a client. I did skincare and makeup, and she used to always say, "You need to go to my brother. You need to go to my brother's dojo." I pictured her brother like this younger, like tough guy. Um, and it was actually right about when I got sober that I finally decided she was going to do it. And she's, you know, a bit older than me. And, um, I said, I'll go with you. And we started together and, uh, it was so fun. And her brother, he's just the nicest man in the world. And he's just always cracking jokes. Like if you ever met somebody that you feel like there's not a mean bone in their body, but he's like a fifth degree black belt. And that's how even the, the senior one is. It's like they just laughed all the time. And it was just fun. 
and it became a family. And I told her as much as I wished I had started so many years ago, because I mean, she told me for like 10 years, I said, I'm glad I, you know, I started when I was meant to start. Cause you know what, if I yeah. was still drinking, I would have disappointed him. I would yeah. never have shown up. Yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> wow. It's almost like recovery. You have to be ready. Yeah. You have to be ready yes. to start and put in those hard, that hard work. Is that like yeah. stand up? Is it like you have to get good at stand up by going up a bunch. And if you're just going to, you know, go up occasionally, it's not even worth your time. That's right. Yeah. I occasionally see those. Some people, I'm like, I wish some people would stay home and write. You know, it's it's fifty. You know, it's like uh, there's work on both ends. You know, write, 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 and it's more than just going up. They've got to write jokes. Yeah, As the, and some of the people write on stage, but it's like what you're doing. You know, like you look at a comedian with no material, and you're like, well, at least get up there and experiment. Like. They'll just mm-hmm. talk about, oh, yeah, what, what else happened today? What else happened? It's like, if you're going to write on stage, at least kind of experiment with some material or something. Like, there's a way to write on stage that's productive, I suppose. Well, I was told once by uh, um, an owner, like, you know, the LA, especially like here in LA, I don't know if New York is the same. I haven't done the comedy scene there yet, but, you know, everybody's an actor, so they just want to act. And it's, it's, it's an art writing comedy is an art, you know, right. and it's work and it's like, you know, just have to work at it. Yeah. So they just, somebody, yeah, like, just think that they're interesting enough to talk. <laughs> they're like, no, typically other people are writing words for you to say on camera. So maybe, I don't know, maybe write something and then act it out rather than just getting up and kind of acting. Cause it's like, if they don't have the creative juice, you know, I mean, they're just going to get up there and just, flail i suppose and it must be difficult to watch you know actors without material it's like i could write for you you know i can you can pay me you can pay pretty funny nicole to write for you you know that right (laughs) (laughs) all right sometimes i'm like oh i wish i had that confidence to just go up and not care i really do (laughs) i can learn from those jags on stage who just have nothing to say (laughs) and so what did you find like what was you know what was harder when you started them both roughly at the same time, kind of like getting knocked down in a match or, or whatever you call it, or, you know, not getting the laugh you thought material was going to get, you know, if you started them both at the same time, what was more difficult to kind of get over and what could you kind of easily pull yourself back up off the literal or figurative mat? I think one, well, Taekwondo, it does give you confidence. So, you, you know, if you bomb and, I remember specifically, it doesn't happen all the time because I, you know, I took a class so they I had a nice set first, but I, the first time I really experienced the no last was like my fourth time on stage and I invited a bunch of people because I was doing well, <laughs> but it was a contest, which I learned real quick. <laughs> contest, they were, they're there to laugh for their people only. Yeah. <laughs> it, was uh, like, it was quiet and I was just oh, like... No. And because I was new, I, I, you know, like you saw it on me and wow. I kept going. But so if you um, brought your own kind of uh, group of laughers, which is what they want, you know, if you'd supplied <laughs> yeah. your own crowd, you could have just went farther in the competition and not been horrified when these people were, you know, just being like, oh shit, I can't even laugh at this funny, this pretty funny Nicole. <laughs> yeah. So I remember, oh my gosh. So, I mean, later on, you learn, you just got to keep going and don't expect that laugh in that spot, you know, yeah. that you're used to you just got to. They're all different, but Taekwondo just, first of all, they, they always called me a comedian anyway. So it was always a boost of, you know, really, you see me as one. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. I was just supportive. And, that's, that's one cool thing about telling people early on in your hobby that you are a certain thing because you know family and friends are so supportive and they don't pay that much attention where they're just like ah oh, how's the stand-up oh man uh this uh, nicole is just a stand-up comedian guys oh you'll you'll love her blah 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 and meanwhile you're like dude i'm just an open mic really but thank you for calling me <laughs> i know <laughs> <laughs> it's at what point did you actually feel like a comedian at what point did you actually feel like a taekwondo specialist Oh, and see, I don't know, because I, I still feel like everybody would laugh to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> my taekwondo <laughs> master. Wow. There's always so many people who are farther along than you, but kind of at what point did you feel at least I belong here? I, I, I don't know. Do you know, I, I wonder, I actually almost asked somebody else, um, I, I have a vocal coach, and I wanted to ask her that myself. Like, when do, do you ever feel, do you ever feel like you are, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know because I know I'm living it. I know this is what I do, but I don't, you, it's always like, I don't have a Netflix special. I don't have this. I don't yeah. know. Am I? So I don't You're on cop with comic. I only have comics on. So there's one indication that you are. Okay. <laughs> but I suppose that sometimes you develop, develop so many tools to get out of tough spots. Like in the, in the beginning, you're kind of frightened because you have no idea if a joke's going to land. You have no idea if you're going to be heckled. I suppose in Taekwondo, you have no idea what kind of, you know, loop your opponent is going to throw you for. But, but when you've done it so many times, you go into that match or that stage and you're a little bit less worried. You're confident that, Hey, at least I'll, I will be able to deal with whatever comes because I've dealt with so many curveballs in the past. Yeah. Yeah. And I was actually thinking that the other day, like how, cause I never feel like I've done enough. You know, I'm not, of course I haven't, you, you don't with comedy. It never goes, it never ends. So yeah. you, I'm like, at what stage do you feel that? But I was like, I've done the bowling alleys. I've done the <laughs> crappy rooms. I've, I've done those. Okay. I'm a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> Posted an open mic, you know. You have an award-winning film, right? Produce shows, yeah. yeah. And you have an award-winning yeah. podcast too, right? I hope so. I'm hoping that I, I am not ever fast to the thing, but I, I feel very special about it. So I'm yeah. very excited. It's got to be done right. Yeah, that's really all that matters. Like if you, it's kind of a labor of love where you have to really love it to be able to just enjoy doing it all the time. It's just like the, the you know, the comedy hustle. It's like, why do people get on the subway or sit in traffic for five open mics a night or 10 open mics a night or whatever, when, you know, if they don't love it, they're going to quit very, very quickly. And so it's just like podcasting. It's like, as long as you love the people you're talking to and the stories you're telling, it's like, I just had on Nick Wawerski who was LA and he's now Vermont. And he's calling, he's, he's starting a podcast where like, he's going to have service workers and bartenders and things tell their real funny stories. And he just, he kind of said the same thing where he, he he's going to love it so much that it doesn't matter really how it does. But I think in either case, I think people are going to be fascinated to listen to your guests. And how are you going to find them? Like if these are people who are kind of presenting as having, you know, no real, you know, they're kind of presenting as happy-go-lucky and they have all these difficult stories. How are you going to find those people? Like they'll just kind of invite the people you've, you've kind of met already on. And I think after a while, your listeners are going to submit their own stories where you're like, yeah, you should come on and share that. Mm, yeah. I like that. I know I've got so many people going, Oh, I want, you know, and I'm like, I already wrote 30 names down. How good. <laughs> it's like, um, yeah. So I was like, Oh, I will. I will. I hope so. But right now I let me just get this started. Yeah. So 
Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing to do is you just got to be the guest on all the podcasts. That way you can see what you like and you don't like. Um, I think early on, somebody like, before I had a podcast, somebody was like, oh, you should come on our podcast. And then I listened to their podcast and it was like hours long. And I was like, uh-huh. that's what I don't want to do. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to sit there for hours talking about something that is only slightly interesting. And so I'd rather have, you know, very interesting conversations with, you know, hilarious people. And that's why I do the thing I currently do. But we follow her everywhere. She's prettyfunnynicole.com, prettyfunnynicole on Instagram, and also prettyfunnynick on Twitter, where I'll be retweeting all her funny stuff now. And then, um, yeah, now that people are guests, I get to retweet all their funny stuff. That way, people in my feed know, oh, if I think that this tweet is funny, let's go listen to their episode. And so, of course, that's going to happen now. And uh, when, you know, your podcast is coming out next month, February, beginning of February, right? And are you going to announce it on all your social platforms? I'm hoping to try to do February 1st is my goal. Go. It's a couple of weeks away. Are you, do you think you got everything all straight now? You got all the guests lined up and you got the the great mic and the great headphones and the perfect internet connection. Well, that is out of my control, but I live in LA, so I'm hoping. Oh, good. And so you're going to post on social. I'm a one woman show. Yeah. And it's going to be called Pretty Funny Nicole Presents Pretty Amazing People. And so is that going to be kind of linked on Instagram? Are you going to post clips there at Pretty Funny Nicole on Instagram? Yeah, everything. Yeah, I'm keeping it simple. So Pretty Funny Nicole. My link tree is on Pretty Funny Nicole Instagram. So just go to that. She's got the link. She's got the link tree now. She's pretty tech savvy. And oh you gotta watch. Feels so cool. <laughs> She's got the award-winning <laughs> film. She's got pretty funny Nicole the film. She has pretty funny Nicole the book, which will be called something else. <laughs> you got me convinced. I should just keep. That's the yeah. Thing. And pretty funny Nicole the musical. You got a vocal coach, right? <laughs> well, I have been talking about a one-woman show. So yes. hey, and you know what? I'm taking singing. Let me, maybe it'll be a musical. Yeah, absolutely. She's pretty funny Nicole Nicole Majdat. I'm going to say that one more time because I want to get it perfectly correct. Nicole Mize-Dolly, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Brian. It was so much fun.